I want people to feel like they are connected in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> I like that. This is a production of Zoomix Radio. Zoomix Radio is important because que ofrece espacios para diálogo y escuchar diferentes voces. Esta es una producción de Zoomix Radio. We are a community station powered by youth. This is DJ Rel and Catch Wreck. And we are Bang Radio. Bang, 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 We bring you Boston-based music, arts, events, and lifestyle. Friday mornings, tune in at 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. because we're on 94.9 FM Zoomix Radio. Also, we're cool. Yeah. This is Bang Radio. Bang. This is Lou Bangers, and you're hearing the sounds of Pancho produced by our special guest in the building. First official. Welcome hey. to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. What's good? And it's your boy, Jake. So, yeah, like Lou said, that was Pancho Nose featuring Noel Pancho, a.k.a. the man Fran P. Mm-hmm. And produced by our one and only guest. So, first official. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Happy Friday. Good Happy morning, Friday. sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Friday, indeed. TGIF. So t- tell us a little bit about that joint that we just heard, actually. Let's start there. So that uh, song is from a project that will be released, actually, mid-next month. Um, it's, a, it's a track, as you hear, you know, Fran just speaking on, you know, his experiences and... Uh, just letting it be known that through his experiences, like he knows some things, mm-hmm. right? So it's just a matter of um, when people kind of like to insert themselves into like giving advice, mm-hmm. like understanding, like, you know, you give that advice to someone, but also take into account their own experiences, right. you know? So right. when you speak about advice, I kind of want to um, 
talk about sort of the relationships you have to like sort of build with an artist how does how does that work when you have your ideas and the artist has their ideas and how do you come together as a team to to make it work out so for me personally and i mean even the way like the the situation with fran even happened um our 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 you know working relationship if you would um goes back a little over three years now um i happened to go to a show um i think it was a initially a still gold show Mm. at the middle east or even it might have just been mo might have been performing or at least it was billed that way but then i when i went there it turned out that it was fran's release uh party okay for um for poncho word word so you didn't know friend i didn't know friend um so yeah i I went i went as you know a fan of hip-hop right to go out to support local hip-hop beautiful and uh friend was performing and for me like and i've told him this like he he is a talented dude um like he had stage it wasn't just you know as an mc like he had presence like he was able to kind of like Direct the crowd exactly. Put the energy it, out. There it on felt stage. like a, it felt like an MC doing what they are supposed to do on stage. Word. Um, and from that, like I told him, you know, I'm a fan. And then I actually ended up reaching out to him, maybe a couple months later, and was just like, you know, how can I send you some music? How can I send you some beats? Dope. And from there, it just, you know, it's mm-hmm. been that pretty much ever since. And it really, that's just the way it works. Like, you know, I'll send him music. He'll, you know, say, I like this one. I like this one. These, you you know, these don't necessarily work for me right now. And for me, I feel like work when I work with an artist and maybe just because it's still kind of new for me, too. Like, I like for them to, like, have creative license, like wherever mm. the, you feel like the beat takes you mm. go there. And the only other thing that I would want would be to have the opportunity to just sit in during recording and, you know, Kind of that way, I can maybe start to develop my my own air for like mm. putting the song together, dope. you know. So that's dope. So now, when you say relatively new, how long how long have you been making you know making music, producing? So the the actual time that I've been making beats is pretty long. So I'm coming up on I believe like two decades now. Nice. Um, but as far as uh, doing this seriously. It's been the last three years. Um, So before that, I was like, you know, I was I started out whenever like I I think it was 2001. That's why I say coming up on two decades because I'm not I don't really remember exactly when I started. Um, And in those early years, like I would do like I was I was single. Um, Actually, I wasn't single at the time, but it was just a different life. You know what I mean? Like I was I was a lot younger, so I had a lot more time less responsibility so I was going hard at it as often as I could you know in those early years not being very good at it um and then I'd say after like five years after putting out like a project where it was just uh you know just my production and got people together that I happen to know as artists and put out a project and I think maybe having a slightly um, higher expectation of what the result would be. Mm. Like I think when that when it didn't turn out the way I, I wanted it to, my my you know my view or my my motivation kind of shifted. Like I wasn't as into music. Mm. Um, but then recently, or I should say, like within the, like three years ago, um, I was working as a teacher, um, and I've been a teacher at that point. That was my uh, eighth year, I believe. Mm. Um, and I just had some funny stuff happen at the school that I was at. Hmm. And I was already in a place where I was trying to figure out, like, what I even wanted to do next. But I was still thinking along the lines of teaching. But when that happened, it kind of soured me to the point where I was just like, OK, I need to think. I really need to be figuring out what else I'm going to do. And then it just so happened that I was, you know, paying attention to some people online who were talking about, you know, making beats and that would be that was going to be their way of like making a living. So I was just like, look, this is something that I'm good at already even though I hadn't been doing it as much. I was going to say. Like I like for that 10 years that I was teaching and even a little bit before that cuz I was in public education really for 13 years total. Mm-hmm. Um so for like that kind of 13 year stretch 
I would do it when I felt like it. Like it literally was a hobby and I and I wasn't as motivated to do it on a rec like nearly as much as I do now or ha- when I first started. Mm. I am no teacher, but I I can imagine that's a, a big responsibility and that takes a lot of time as well. So It does. And uh I'm also kind of like I'm a homebody by nature. So like for me, I'm a homebody and an introvert by nature. So teaching obviously I'm going out of my home and then standing in front of even though they're kids, mm-hmm. um I'm like putting myself on on stage in front of people. So like and I didn't realize this until even now after I've left teaching that like it was a real like strain on me. Mm-hmm. Um like it it was a it literally was work during work for yeah. me to like get up in front and be this different person that I'm not necessarily even though I wasn't really being different but like different yeah. in the sense that I'm not someone that likes to have be the center of it attention has to stretch to do that yeah. yeah you know what I mean and to do that every day over time like I realized that it kind of took a lot so like the the work day would end and I just wanted to go home and sit on the couch and watch TV Right. You know what I mean? So burnt out. Burnt out. So there was no like going home like, yeah, let me go home and make a beat. Like some people like that might be that that's their release. Like that's their way to kind of like feel better. For me, it was like I just need to go home and, you know, play video games or chill. Exactly. Like let my mind just not have to really think about anything. Yeah. So so like I can I can definitely relate, man, because I I was a teacher for seven years. Not not full time, but um, even just doing it two days a week, it was. It was like I was noticing that because um, I had a whole other job, so it made me kind of split my schedule mm-hmm. up. But uh, but I guess the, the, what it brings me to is um, how did you kind of make that shift in terms of your practice and your process? And like, all right, you know what? I'm going to just go completely in another direction with something that I love to do that's a lot more fun for me. Like, how did you just kind of know that you could do that? Or, um, or did you not know? Did you just take a risk? Yeah, I don't know. And, and now, you, do you mean like in the like where I'm now? So like now, I'm not teaching, and music is my full time thing right now. Basically, yeah. Like, how did you? You know, what was it like? Kind of going, making that full switch, that full rotation. The so, like I said, three years ago when I started, it was like, okay, I now need to, you know, be doing something else. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna set a goal. So the plan was in my mind, like three to five years, I'll put myself in a position where I can step away and work for myself. Um, and that first year was like I, I was re- like that end goal really motivated me to the point that I was getting up at four thirty in the morning, um, doing a little bit of exercise, and then giving myself at least like an hour to an hour and a half just to sit down and make music. Wow. Um, and I had never done that before. Like, I had always told myself, like, I need to just be more disciplined and set a time for myself, but I didn't have the motivation. Like, there was no motivation. But for me, it was like, okay, you know, not only am I trying to, like, make this thing happen and really trying to make it happen, but I'm a father of two kids. I'm I'm, I'm married. I have a mortgage. So, like, for me, it was, like, if I'm going to do this, like, I, I can't, this this can't be, like. 2001. Yeah, like, it has to be, like, I have to, like, re- literally change my own actions. Yeah. Right? And force myself to, like, do some things that, you know, ultimately I, I maybe wouldn't have done otherwise. Right. So, like I said, up at 4.30, work out, make music, go to work, come home, chill with the family. Um, and usually I'd just be too tired. Once my kids went to sleep, I went to sleep. Right. And then I'd get up and do the same thing again. Um, and then on the weekends, it would be kind of like prep for like my job job, but also prep for making beats. So I sample in my production. So what I would gotcha. do is on, on the weekends, I would chop up my samples so that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I didn't have to worry about doing that. I just hit the ground making beats. Hmm. Um. So and I did that for that year, and then the second year, I um, I actually ended up I was at two different schools my last two years of teaching. Um, the sec the second year, the last year of teaching, I was at a different school. It kind of felt like it was like a better place with the thought that hold on, like maybe I could continue keep, teaching, right, keep doing this. Um, so I tried, so I fell back on the routine of getting up early, or if I did get up early, I was getting up early to prepare myself for the teaching job. Sure. Um, but then as time went on, like I realized, like I really just didn't have it anymore. 
teaching. Um, teaching. Um, and, and it was last year during the April school break. Um, I was at home with my kids. We had all just taken a nap. I woke up from the nap and literally just randomly was just like, you know what? I'm not I'm not going back to teaching. And in the back of my mind before that, I had thought about not going back to teaching, but just getting a job that would pay the bills. Mm. And I was just like, I'm not going to do that either because I'm going to go from one job that I don't necessarily like that pays the bills that I already know. Like, I know exactly what to expect. What it from is. It, you yeah. know what I mean? To then going to get a job that may <laughs> just pay the bills and. I don't really know what to expect. Right. I might not like it. And then it's a case of like, then I'm still in this position of, I, but I still know the goal ultimately is to try to make music. Right. Um. So I just was just like, yeah, this is it. I'm just going to, you know, I talked to my wife, Um. said, well, I'm, I'm really considering like, like not going back to work at all and just doing music. And uh, she was like, okay, if that's what you want to do. Wow. So... What was the experience that you felt when you got that response? I honestly wasn't surprised, to be honest with you. Um, my wife and I have been together now. Well, we'll be married nine years in November. October, excuse me. Um, but we've been together almost 12, 13 years now. So, like, I pretty much have a sense of, like, how she thinks, you know what I mean? I'm actually, of the two of us, had the situation been different, I'm probably the one that may have pushed more like, you sure you want to do that? Um, What about this? What about that? She's more the like, go. All right. See, I was going to ask that because I'm like, it's one thing to get the like, go ahead. But then it's like, in some ways, that puts even more and more pressure on you to like, yo, all right. Now I really got to be sure that this is what I want to do and it's got to work, you know? You, you know what? I think for me, being the type of person that I am, like, the reason why that didn't happen is because I, I had already, like, in my mind had already considered, like, once I make this decision, like, there's no playing around. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, when she gave me the green light all to get, like, just all around, it was just like, okay, so now it's for real, it's for real, time. and I just got to do it, you know? So. That's dope. I think with that we should yeah let look yeah. let's uh let's get into so we got a, a big gems. a big tune coming at them <laughs> i don't know is, is that uh is this the, is just instrumental. It's, just instrumental it's actually a, an instrumental that i just dropped on monday dope so where can they go where can they go hear that it's up on spotify it's up on all streaming platforms but right. so let's get into it bang radio first official <laughs>
Yo, paint on mind the way I started. Focus where I finish at. I came here to push it forward, not to bring it back. Beat mastermind mixed with a word acrobat. First and poncho, we the new men in black. Black man with more than just gnats under the fitted cap. How hood is that? Overspilling what these riders lack. Not up for debate. Shut your face. I roco one do let me head to come have a taste. Make them relate. Family by choice. Millions of questions asking me, como yo soy. Half man, half amazing like Nazia. Hope for the people, what a beautiful idea. Musical panacea, present what they hold dear. Heart of a gladiator, they scream as I slay fear. Uh, that's the thinking that got me here. Collecting knowledge and bringing back to my peers. Radio in this, here in the building, and we're ready because we have first official still in the building. Yo, so we started off that musical set with a with an instrumental by him, switched into some La Kim, and we had Sir South and Michael Christmas Weekday. Then we had uh, ended off with um, Ready, which was uh, another another Noel Poncho ex first official song. Yes, yes. And during the uh, music break, we were talking off air. How like uh, sort of the state of your creativity and when you're in that uh, I said euphoria, but if you kind of like could discuss that again on there because I think this is a very important like discussion. So yeah, one of the things for me in terms of like um, with music, it is kind of like a euphoria for me because like I mentioned to you guys, like I'm someone who's constantly in my head thinking about a lot of different things, world stuff, life stuff you know, personal and otherwise. And for me, sitting down and making music is a break from all that. Like, mm. that's the one part of the day that I'm not thinking about anything. I can I can relate because, like, when you were saying that, I was literally sitting here sketching. And mm. it's like, I, I listen when I draw. It helps me actually pay attention. Yeah. But um, but there's sometimes where I just, like, completely zone out and it it's the world goes away and I'm just there. And hours pass. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if it's that kind of feeling. It's, like. it's definitely a similar feeling. Um, and then, you know, another thing for me, like I was saying, is music, in terms of when I made the decision to kind of, you know, really start chasing it again seriously, one of the things that, that made it easier was just that feeling of accomplishment that I had from making music um, every day in that first that first year that I was doing it more seriously again. Um just being able to get up and and create something and like I said zone out like not have to think about you know doing anything in terms of like chopping anything up or whatever the only thing that I would be conscious of is just the time like okay I have to stop at this time because otherwise I'm gonna be late for work right <laughs> um but otherwise it was like I'm just I'm in the moment listening to you know the sounds that are created as I'm pressing buttons. And if something sounded good, recording it and then seeing what the what what other sounds I can add to it, and and that's really the only thought that happens as I'm you know creating. And so you mentioned too that you um you work with samples. Yeah. And and you were saying you would like chop your stuff up earlier so you mm-hmm. could kind of have it like ready to go. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, I guess, what's that process like for you? Like, how do you do you listen to music, listening for like what to work with, or do you just like go off and like find like a bunch of material and kind of gang? Like, what's your process for how you come up with your sounds and how you put them together? So it's funny because another thing that that's kind of happened over just the duration of time for me in terms of production is when I first started out. So I first started out not sampling because. Like probably a lot of, you know, producers currently that didn't start with hardware, like I started off with Fruity Loops, mm-hmm. right? So like with Fruity Loops, that was just like I have this program. I have no idea how to use the program, let alone even thinking about how to get a sample into it. Um, So I started off that way. But then I did eventually transition into using samples from like, you know, like what everybody does, James Brown or whatever. Um. But now my process is really different in that I no longer sample from records. I don't sample from like established music, from artist music. And it's for the purpose of and it's it's helped me workflow wise. So like the samples that I use are mainly from sample packs. Mm. Um, and the, the, the way, reason why I like it is because when I sample from records, like I'm the type of person I don't I don't needle drop like I never did the needle drop to find a sample I would listen to the entire song and figure out like what part of the song I wanted to sample um and I would also do that cuz I I didn't want to miss anything like I right. didn't want to like needle drop and miss a part of the the beat cuz I've definitely there's a beat actually that I made that was on like the first project that I ever did that's from uh the stylistics it's like children of the night and there's a part of the song where it like literally like changes up really drastically and there's like some like I forget exactly what the I feel it's like a really like subtle thing happening in the background that if you're not paying attention or just maybe needle dropping you might miss it. Mm. But because I I would literally listen to the entire record and then chop up and take the parts that I want. Like even when I when I went back and made the the, the beat, like I don't know that I had even intentionally found that the first time around. Um, but for me, because it because it was so like time intensive of like I'd buy a record or I'd buy five new records, but I'm sitting and I'm listening to the entire project for all of them. Making a beat was it was work, which is another reason why like during that stretch of like 10 years when I was teaching, I didn't really do it as much because there was so much that would have to go into it mm. that it was just like, OK, like, yeah, I want to make a beat. But I don't know what I'm going to use right now. You know what I mean? And then to go find out what I'm going to use just took more time. So that you know? focus, once that, what I wanted to find, and I had that, and when you have that focus, it would direct you from like actual, the work that you were doing in terms of the school. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. Wow. So now with using the sample packs, for me, you know, workflow wise, it's easier because now, you know, with the sample packs, what it does, the way I would describe it is, you know, instead of listening to a song and trying to find out or trying to find that part that you want to sample from the song, the the composers of these sample packs are essentially what they're doing is they're creating that part of the song that you would want to sample. So they're giving you that little snippet. It could be 30 seconds. It can be one minute. Some of them, you know, they'll go out and they'll create like a full on what would be the instrumental right. of like these old tracks that you want to sample. But then the other beauty of it for me with the way that I used to even sample before where like I would literally go through a song and try to find all the different parts that I want. Now with these sample packs, um, there's stems. So right. like, so you get the pieces, I get the pieces. So, so it's like, instead of me trying to figure out like, how do I like this horn section ah. that's in this song that like I really love it but it's like everything is the drums are going on right. with it the bass is going on with it and don't get me wrong like there's a beauty in like you know that manipulating too. that and making it work yep but for me like there was way more thought that went into creating music when I did it that way and it wasn't as enjoyable as it is now now I like I said I don't have to think it's like I have those horns. Right. I chopped those horns up. I have the piano. I chopped the piano up. I have that bass. I chopped the bass up. And now I'm going to play it the way I want to. Right. So, like, back in 2001, when you were here, a, a, a song from the entirety, those, let's say, four or three minutes mm-hmm. would be just not wasted, but just would be attuned to, like, the sounds. But now with these sample packs, there's 
less sort of that three, four minutes comes into like those 30 seconds mm-hmm. and you get it right there. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like wrapping it all together, the evolution of, of Cube from 01 to now, it really has benefited sort of the creativity of mm. who you are as a producer. Absolutely. And the other part of it is I remember when I used to sample from records, I would just be in the car, listen to music or just wherever, just listen to music. And I'm listening for parts of the song that I want to sample rather than just listening to the music. So now, because I don't sample from music anymore, I don't sample from records. I enjoy music more like I can just listen. You know what I'm saying? But don't get me wrong. If something happens to catch me, right. that's that part of my brain is still on. Still never turns but I'm off. not but I'm not like that's not it's not on a hundred percent of the time as I'm listening to music. Now I just listen to music. Now I, I think this is fascinating because I feel like, you know, sometimes people are real sort of secretive or like, you know, clandestine mm-hmm. about their process mm-hmm. and but like I know a lot of the homies are like making their own sample packs. So mm-hmm. like so like I guess my question is like it's cool to hear about how that would work because like, I'm, I'm imagining how it would work and it sounds like you have like a whole bunch of paints instead mm-hmm. of like, you know what I mean? Instead of like trying to do it with like collage mm-hmm. or something like that, you actually have paints where yeah, you can exactly. make your own thing with it, which sounds really cool. But mm-hmm. then um, I guess like how do you even find those? Like do you like to work with like people you know? Are there like sort of just general repositories that are like out there and like... Are you ever concerned about like, oh man, I got the same sounds that this person has, or is it not like that? Like it's it doesn't matter. Like everybody can buy red, blue, and yellow and still make a different painting. So there's so so to your first question in terms of how do I decide, like there are repositories out there. So, you know, there's different sites. Uh the drum broker, which is like one of the first ones that I ever came across. Um, there's machine masters now. Um which maybe has even been around longer than I know, but there's different places where you can go and get these sample packs. Um, I'm definitely down with working with with anyone because the the, the other part of it too for me is like I feel like using these sample packs, um, it is basically like collaboration. You know what I mean? Because like these, obviously these musicians aren't in the room with me, but – they're, I'm taking the music that they made and I'm now doing what I want with it. And then, like you said, with the paint I did, that's pretty much exactly what it is. And then even to the other point of like being concerned with about being concerned with, you know, other people having those same sounds or whatever. If you're a sample based producer, you have to worry about that no matter what, of because course. James Brown has been sampled thousands of times. Mm-hmm. Right. So so there are people out there who have sampled the exact same records. But like you said, you have red, blue, and yellow, and you painted what you painted, but I have red, blue, and yellow, and I painted what I painted. And even though they're the same colors, they're still very distinguishable from each other. Right, right. You know what I mean? That's really cool. That's super interesting, man. So whether it's a sample pack or it's a record, it's the same. Like, at the end of the day, like, if if you go to a record store and buy your your music that you're going to sample from, or I go to... Or, or you go to a website and buy sample packs that everyone still like the access is the same right right so it just comes down to your ear for for the music you know what I'm saying and what you create with those sounds right 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 and the experience you take from like your own personal life and then put it onto the sound the lyrics exactly uh, now exactly I want to get into this a little bit because I, I actually met you at a um at a stew beat podcast mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. battle thing um shout out to mark Marin and all the all the all the homies over at the, mm-hmm. at the stu the beat club pod, pod beat club podcast <laughs> and the stu beat show net Whew, tongue twisters yeah um but uh so talk a little bit about the community out here and like the musical scene out here because i feel like that's something we try to get into with every guest and um you know just just talk about like how do you, you know, do you feel like there's a lot of people out here you, who you work with? What's the scene like? Are you interested in working with certain folks? You know, what's your what's your approach to collaboration and working here locally and then also beyond? Um, So for me, you know, one thing I say is it's kind of like a perfect thing for me because and I actually I put a tweet out recently where I was just like, I remember like 15 years ago. I was in New York. This was actually at the time that I was that I created that I made the project. That one project that I put out, I was actually going back and forth because a friend of mine out there had his own studio, um, 
And one time that I was out there, he was just like, yo, let's go check out this beat battle. And this was a brand, like brand, brand new experience for me. I never even knew anything about this, but I remember going and being like, it it, it just was just another moment where I fell in love with hip hop in general. Mm. And I was just like, yo, Boston needs to have this. Um, but then, you know, coming full circle now that I'm like, I'm more seriously, you know, I'm back to seriously doing pr- music production. Um, and you have things like The Stew, you have Nightworks, Lightfoot just put a show on. Um, you know, uh, Loman is doing his thing with Union heck, Sound. Heck yeah. You have all these, you have The Shift. Um, there's so many different elements to the production side, but then there's obviously there's the the bubbling up of just hip hop in general on a on a larger scale, not just locally, but just even nationally for hip hop for Boston. Globally, so globally, yeah. you know what I mean. So yeah. like, so like it's a it's a beautiful thing. And then as far as me with collaboration, like you know I'm I'm down to work with whoever. You know what I mean, especially when it comes to um, just like if it comes down to production, I have to say that I haven't done it as much um, in terms of like collaborating with other producers, but it's definitely something I would want to do. I think for me, like it's a matter of really figuring out how how to go from what I what feels like collaboration on a level when I do it by myself and like I'm I'm using these sample packs or what have you and these different sounds to actually working with someone else like what that's really going to be like even though I actually I've done that too mm-hmm. um but it's still a matter of like figuring out my space in that sure so and then um so you teased that at a little bit you got a project coming out with with Noel Poncho in a little bit yep yep um What's it like working with vocalists or rappers or singers? And, and do you have like a, a preference? Like, are you trying to work most, mostly on like hip hop? Or are you like, are you like, nah, I could do, I could produce R&B. Like what, what are you? I, um, my, my like inclination is going to be the hip hop. Um, but at the same time, like I feel like my sound could work for someone that does soul or R&B. Um not everything that I make, but a lot of the stuff that I make. Um and it's the, but there's no I'd say my intention is to just always kind of like it's hip hop. My my the people that, you know, that have really inspired me to do this are people that have been like they've been their their thing was hip hop, right? You have Dilla was hip hop, but Dilla also produced for D'Angelo right you know what I mean so because and it's it's like that same kind of like that soulful sound Mm -hmm. that that hip-hop has or however it is that you freak it to make it be soulful to where it could it could kind of cross those genres um so for me it's like I just sit down to make music that I like and the music that I like tends to be a little bit more soulful so therefore it's like if you're a hip-hop artist that that's your lane then you can then you can work it if you're an uh, an R&B or soul artist where that's your lane then you can work it that way too mm. um but i i would say truth i mean i don't know that i have an absolute preference but i think like in general like i'm it's hip hop is what i is what i do is that uh for the sort of the inspirations of like Pete Rock and DJ Premier stems from yeah i would not be making uh, real real talk <laughs> i can remember you know, uh, before I started ever making beats, I remember kind of the moments that I really knew I wanted to do it, but just didn't know how. It was listening to um, Jay Rue the Damage's second album hmm. that Premiere did pretty much all the production yeah. on. And I remember listening to that. And, and at the time, I was actually kind of doing something related. I was, uh, I was, I think it was my freshman year of college or maybe of my sophomore year and I was doing like an audio production class which was really about like more so kind of like radio stuff um and at the time we were like you know splicing tape and like making these pers- these public service announcements but like the <laughs> idea of even splicing tape like I had to record stuff I recorded stuff from like DVDs that I you know was watching cuz I made like a panther um like uh trailer i guess just the audio version um for the movie panther 
So I just like recorded stuff and then brought it to the studio, put it on tape, spliced the tape, put everything together. Like that was like, you yeah. know, my first experience at like sampling, I guess you could say. Um, and it just so happened at that same time, I was listening to that J. Rue the Damage album and Premier's production. I was always a fan, period. But I think that, you know, that that learning experience just opened my mind up more to like what kind of goes into making right. a hip hop. It's almost record. like you could appreciate it better because you were having hands on practice exactly. with some of the challenges that would go into it. Mm-hmm. That's that's dope, man. And so you've just been chasing that chasing ever, that ever since. Ever since. Word. Ever since. That's dope. Well we're we're running towards the end of our show, but uh before we get out of here, why don't you uh let the people know sort of where they can find you, tell us if we got anything cool to co- coming up that we should expect or, you know, any any events we should come out and check or anything like that. And uh and then yeah, I'll get you to talk about this last song before after that. Okay. Um so where to find me? I'm pretty much um at Big Fish First on all social media platforms. And that's a one S T at the and end. And that's a one S T at the end. Um I have a website, you know, one st official.com first official.com um i have stuff up on streaming platforms the the big thing you know right now is the fact that like i said myself and fran will be releasing a project really like within the next few weeks um you heard it here you, first folks you you heard a couple of tracks already um but there's 12 or 13 tracks i believe on the record um, all but one for the most part, all but one is produced by myself. Fine. Um, but the, the one track that I didn't produce is actually a, a composition that I sampled to make a different beat that's on the project. Wow. So yeah, but that's definitely something, you know, when, uh, when that comes out, definitely check that out. And then otherwise, you know, I have other instrumental projects, um, that I'll be releasing, uh, one that's kind of being, you know, piecemealed, put out because I'm trying to figure out this streaming thing. Um, and then another project which is done, which I'm kind of thinking will be re- released towards the end of summer. And then there's a, there's other things that I'm doing. Um, and uh, ideally there'll be, you know, more and more stuff that'll happen. Um, but as far as like events to go to, I'm not in it, but check out Nightworks, Word, shout July out to 20th. Nightworks. Um, July 11th, Nightworks and uh, Union Sound are going to be doing something, uh, a co-sponsored event, um, which I believe is Razen's right, release. I was about to say, Razen's putting out a yeah, project that's for his, that. Yeah, that's his release. I think his release party is that day, July 11th. Um, I'm Again, I'm not in those, but I definitely feel like, you know, after seeing Lightfoot show the other night, where you know I just got to see again Boston, the Boston beat scene do its thing. Like I just feel like I myself want to make more of an effort to make sure I'm at these events. Heck yeah. But that's why I'm also presenting to people to be out at these events. These this well in next few weeks coming up. Definitely go out and check those out too. Word. Well, you know, shout out to right. shout out to you, first official man. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you Thank for you. being a part of this. Appreciate you thriving, me flourishing beat scene out here, <laughs> yeah. being a gracious part of it. That's that's dope. That's what we like to see. So, um, Lou, you got any last questions? Um, I do, actually. Uh, being that you're here at, at Zoomix and, and knowing that Zoomix is, is for youth and it's built for students to come here and have a free space, mm-hmm. creative or not, it's just a space for you to enjoy and, and be a part of. And my question to you would be, is there any jewels to drop for any youth that come through these doors or when they listen to um, that you can tell them if they're interested in, in pursuing sort of like a, uh, a career or just into making music, what would your jewels uh, to drop for uh, sort of to give um, insight to to the youth? Right. I mean, if it's specifically around like music, we'll, we'll take teacher advice too. Sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think the the advice I would give is isn't so much going to be around like production per se it will be around like like just how to go about getting what you want um which i would say is like just do it like i would i would i would say you know in in hindsight like 
it would have been great that I didn't start taking music seriously again just three years ago. You know, like if I had been do, if I had never like officially not like pulled back on it, like not taking my foot off the gas, you know, however many years ago now, like where I would be now, it would be, you know, maybe different. But at the same time, I might have burned myself out. I don't know. So I don't don't, I'm also someone who doesn't I don't really believe in regrets because I feel like there's too much to learn from the mistakes you make. Mm. Um or even in the not doing, you know, there's there's too much to learn, period, right? So, but my thing is, um, to anyone, and especially to young people, like, do exactly what it is that you want to do. Like, figure out exactly how to do it now. Um, because even, like, you know, the, the mindset, I remember being younger and not knowing what I wanted to do, but having the mindset of just being, like, guided on this path of, like, these are the things that you need to do. You have to, you know, go to high school, finish, get your diploma, go on to high school, get your, you know, graduate from high school, get that diploma, and that gets you a job. And it's just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not against that at all. But I would say that, like, as much as you can, you should always look at that as like if you if doing those things, it's going to give you um, more options. And in doing those things well, it's going to apply to the thing that you love doing. Right. So if your mindset is I'm going to put my best effort no matter what, even when I don't like it, guess what you're going to do with the thing that you really love. You're going to like you already give that 100 percent, right. maybe even more. Now, imagine if you're just used to putting in 100 percent of whatever you got to give all the time. You're going to be that much better at the thing that you love to do. Mm. It's just a matter of figuring out a way to apply whatever these things are that you're told you have to do to the thing that you really want to do and do it. Like do that thing that you really want to do. Make the understand it's going to require sacrifice at every level. Um, And, you know, just again, figure out a way to to apply what it is that you really love to whatever it is that you do on a regular basis. Bang, yeah, we couldn't end it with any harder of a bang, man. So, first official, we're about to get into How to Love. You want to tell the people anything about this song before we send them off? So, this song is a, is actually from a project that I released back in February, which has, you know, different artists on it. Fran's on this project. Uh, Rex is on this project. Um, my boy Lance, who's in Cali, but originally from Boston, who's actually one of the main people that got me to ever start making beats. Different story altogether. Um, Mo Pope is on this project. Mo is on this track. Mark Marin is on this track, and Rex is on this track. It's 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 a song for me. Um, it was the first single from the project. It was the only single from the project, and the reason why I put it out was because, um, it's just something. It's talking about something I feel like anybody can relate to. You know, these these three men are all fathers. And the song is, you know, related to their experience with fatherhood. Um, but it, it's it's called How to Love. Every, anybody can relate to that, even though it's fatherhood, but it's about loving. It's about, you know, raising a child. The effect have, of having a child has on you, the person. So I just felt like, you know, it's relatable. This is the song for everybody off the project, if anything, or for most people off the project. So that was just the thought behind that. But it's a dope track, period, anyway. Word. Word. Well, let's get into How to Love on Bang Radio from our special guest, first official, produced by our special guest, rather, I should say. Ever since your birth, I realized my worth was trapped in depression, anxiety, and some hurt. Self-medicating, it only just made it worse. But home team first, then I reversed the curse. Priorities in order, never thought I'd have a daughter. My strength is knowing that I'll go to any length for. My faith is knowing that I will do anything for. Climb the highest mountain, cross any border. My daily motivation to be your inspiration. Love is kind and patient, you are the combination. Unlock my heart to challenge my fears and face them. I remember days when I was so complacent now those days are gone even in the storm gotta remain calm working my nine to five or writing another song every day of the week i gotta remain strong for my baby come on this is no ordinary love you're the one i place nobody above you're the reason i strive to rise above every day i thank god for the lessons out of love this is no ordinary love. You're the one I place nobody above. You're the reason I 
strive to rise above Every day I thank God for the lessons out of love yeah. I've been living through pain, guzzling filth by the bottle, thinking something will change. I'm a shell of myself, and what remains is blood smoke. I couldn't wash the blood stains. I'm a dream, even if they're not in close range. My daddy taught me how to binge on the cocaine. It's so strange, holding my own child nowadays. Hoping to take a new direction, now I'm switching lanes. If Johnny could do it, hoping that I could stand the rain. Maybe there's more to gain, but watching the world turn. Teach you to fear, no more to man like the bridge burn. This is a new day, there's plenty that we can learn. Thank God for the lessons out of love. 